All right, welcome to the runningrestaurants.com podcast where we bring you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to make your restaurant more profitable and successful. I'm your host, Jamie Oikel, and today I'm joined by co-host Roger Bodwin of Restaurant Rockstars, as well as our guest, Tamara Mullen of Foodworks, a Chicago-based restaurant incubator. So welcome, Tamara. Um, before we get into what you do there, tell us a little bit about Foodworks, because to me, it's a very interesting concept. What, what are you guys doing? Okay, so Foodworks has been around for a few years now. Um, what, we are backed by Compass Group, and what we do is we go out and find the best of local. We work with local restaurants, and we bring them in, whether it's into a, uh, an arena space for a ball game or if it's into a business office um, it brings, or into a business cafe. It brings a lot of variety, different offerings into, uh, for, the, for the guests, gives them a different experience, as well exposing them to those local restaurants that they may say, I want to go there one day, but they haven't gone there yet. Or uh, that they did go there or they eat the food there and they decide that um, they're going to go check it out this weekend with their families. So it helps the community as well as adding variety. Yeah, I have a, I have a, just a quick follow-up question there because I'm picturing the concept. And when you say bring the, bring the local and, and the independents into that environment, are they sharing a kitchen? Is some of their best menu selling there? Some of their best food items? What does that look like? So they submit a menu and it's, it's usually the local favorites. Hmm. Um, and, and we take into consideration what would work in the setting that they're going into as well. And um, we finalize a menu. Uh, they prepare their food at their restaurant hmm. and they bring it over to the site. They set up and they serve to the customers. Got it. Okay. All right. Now, so now I get pop-up restaurants pretty much. How long would a restaurant yes, perhaps participate in this program in that space? And how often do you turn them over? Okay. So that is really up to the uh, client. So it could be a one day, two day, three day, it could be five days. We've even had uh, some restaurant partners go for a couple of weeks. That's cool. In a so spot it gives that is so popular. Geez, that's a win-win. Obviously, it's a win for the end consumer that has lots of choices in those venues. It's a win for the restaurant that comes in and, like you said, gives exposure to what their offerings are and introduces customers to the restaurant. And it's a win for the space owner or the venue. So that's great. Yes. I like that. And innovative, right? Yeah. Well, and from what I've seen, you guys are growing, growing like crazy. Uh, I, maybe it's started in Chicago, but now in a bunch of markets. Does that sound right? Yeah, over, uh, over 23 cities. States right now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's good. It's good. So, so conceptually, uh, it's the idea of have, having the, the venues at what you said, big ballparks, business buildings, and so forth, where uh, people can get lunches and dinners and so forth from, from local restaurants and, and other folks. All right, so so I, I love that. But, but now, like, where, why we have you on is to talk about the challenges that are involved in that, specifically as it relates to where we are. We're sitting uh, late August. We'll probably get this out by the end of August. And so we're sitting eight, uh, late August. COVID is on everybody's mind and it has got to be a gigantic challenge for you folks specifically because you're talking about bringing in different people with different suppliers in different locations. So you're juggling a lot. And so from what I saw slash read, you know, you're a food safety officer, whether that was the new title because of COVID or before, talk about that that background, what you're bringing to the aspect, because I, I think that's where we're going to dig in for a little while, how restaurants can do all the safety precautions that they can so that folks are comfortable uh, all around. What, tell, tell us more. So first, the position's been there since, since conception time of FoodWorks. Gotcha. Safety has always been number one for us. Um, obviously, it's more prevalent because of COVID, uh, but um, we have a lot of precautions in place. I don't know if you want to go through um, 
how we bring on restaurants. We could talk about that in COVID. Yeah, listen, I mean, let, let's kind of just have an open-ended conversation. I mean, th- just okay. think about the logistics of what you're doing now right. and then layer on COVID to it. Like, yeah, I mean, you're bringing okay. in folks, you're making sure they're checking all the buttons. Like, what does it look like? Oh, yeah. So, so our, our onboarding or vetting process for restaurant partners is it could be like by word of mouth. We've had a lot by word of mouth. Hey, what about this restaurant there? You know, RJ's from here is the best one. You know, are they available? Um, for our experience managers, they go out, they check these restaurants out. They have a list of, uh, it's like, a, it's called a restaurant part, a restaurant partner site audit. And it's got like 50 questions on it. They go into the restaurant, they check it out. They ask if they're interested. They, you know, check the boxes, make sure, you know, it's something that represents everybody well, um, that they hit all the safety checks. And then, then it is submitted, their audit is submitted. Um, for another check. So there's a few eyes that see it. And um, then an invite goes out and they, the restaurant partner then submits all of their required documents. And they have to have, you know, a contract, COI, W-9, um, health permit, business slash tax license. Uh, we ask for a couple years of, two years of their most current health inspections um, so that we can go through that. We can establish that there's a history there. Uh, any of their certifications, uh, we uh, ask for a food manager certification and um, food handlers as well for those who uh, work the stations or the pop-ups. And uh, after that, then um, there's a series of calls with QA, marketing, financial to get them set up. Uh, they do walkthroughs through the space so that they know where they're going. They know what the setup is. We try to make it... Uh, you know, like a, a no brainer, very easy for the restaurant partner because it is a different type of service. Um, they're going into different places. So they come in, they check it out. There's a walkthrough with the experience manager and, um, and then they get put on the schedule. So that part's pretty, pretty cut and dry. Um, we've added all the COVID procedures now. Now they go through a COVID training. When uh, COVID first started, we actually went out and visited every brick and mortar food truck or commissary kitchen that is in our program. Uh, we communicated with them weekly, uh, what's going on, resources. Um, now that uh, we're going back into business, we have actually been running in a few operations the whole time, but uh, slowly opening more now. Uh, everyone goes through a COVID training. So COVID training, it goes through, you know, donning and doffing of masks, social distancing, what type of service they have, whether it's going to be in a, a cafe, um, you know, like a, a business office, or if it's going to be at the football field. Uh, we will run through how they're going to do that, how it's going to be a contactless service. And um, then we review all our uh, previous safety protocols like hand washing huge emphasis on the, on the stuff that was always in place the hand washing temperature logs um, things like that and we developed a um, restaurant partner uh, toolkit and it's a a checklist for restaurants to use for reopening if they closed or to give them a gauge of where they stand as far as other other companies right now or other areas of food um, restaurants and yeah sorry yeah, no it's just there's so, so much there to unpack and we're, we're going to get into a couple of things uh, a, little, a little bit more there 
But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Roger because he is an, he's a current operator right now, industry consultant, podcaster, author. I uh, also speaks and consults uh, with restaurants all over the country, as well as coaches with them. But he also is an operator dealing with all this COVID stuff, the bank stuff, the shutting down, the mass, the delivery, the pivot, mm-hmm. all that stuff. He's dealing with that every single day. And so Roger, as she's talking, you're probably spinning a little bit like, you know, you know, we've had to you know, check all those buttons and, and think of all those things and precautions and whatnot and reopen in different phases. What, what comes to your mind right, right now? All of the above. I mean, it's everything from the social distancing, minimizing um, the number of customers that actually walk in to pick up their orders as opposed to the deliveries. Um, you know, we will, we will do curbside pickup where we will deliver food to their car. Obviously, gloves and masks are required on all employees at all times. Uh, same with the delivery piece. But it comes down to, you know, the plexiglass barriers where people actually order if they do come into the location um, to select their food. It's the masked requirements that are so difficult to enforce when you've got cooks working on hot stoves, you know, 900 degrees for eight hours on their feet. And they constantly have to wear a mask all day and not drop them down over their nose so they could breathe a little better. I mean, all these things are so challenging. And what we've asked our staff to do, what restaurants are asking their staffs, go so far above and beyond the difficulties of their job prior. So enforcement and consistency and compliance, all these things come to mind. And there obviously has to be someone who's always monitoring this because you've got disparate people working in your location and, you know, they're not all as COVID conscious as they should be at all times, you might say. I mean, people are human. They let, they lower their guard. But again, um, depending on how you're delivering your product, a, a customer walks in the door and they can suddenly see whether you're following best practices or not following best practices. How often are you wiping down the tables? Like we have only outdoor seating. We don't serve at the tables. People take their food outside. They can sit at picnic tables, but then we have to sanitize everything as soon as a guest leaves. And that has to happen with regularity and people watch all this. People still use our bathroom. So that has to be sanitized pretty much after everyone uses it. So, you know, the amount of hoops you have to jump through now are just staggering. And to maintain, like I said, that consistency is the biggest challenge. So obviously, you know, Tamara has a template worked out and a formula and, and there's got to be some sort of accountability and, and tracking and oh, monitoring of all of this. But it's really hard. Therein lies the challenge, right? Because 24-7, depending on how many hours these restaurants are operating, you can't constantly have somebody monitoring whether these practices are being followed by every single person. And that is one of our challenges, and I'm sure it's one of your challenges as well. Well, let me ask her about, about the training piece, because I know you mentioned, you mentioned it, and then as far as consistency, you can obviously, what's the phrase, you know, bring, bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Yeah, um, right. you've gotta, you've, this can't be a one-time training for, for five minutes. This has to be ongoing. Right. How, how have you strategically thought about that training process? Because you guys have a broad operation that encompasses just, it's, it's a unique challenge. So you really must have thought about it, maybe more so than the average, uh, average restaurant. Well, we, we did work with, uh, with Compass Group Corporate as well and uh, from the beginning because it isn't a five minute training it, it, it is consistency and it is following up cons- like all the time um, it, it started you know in the beginning of COVID and you know like hand washing I'll just use an example mm-hmm. it's the number one way right to stop the spread of germs so we, we pushed hand washing we put out uh, educational materials like every week they were getting pushes from us about what they should do and, and it was that constant I don't want to say bombardment but that constant delivering of information and then the following up to 
hey, did you did you see this week's materials? Have you done this? Uh, when are when is this in? How are you are you getting on this call? Let's talk about this. Let's run through. It's it is a constant follow up. Yeah, I, I wonder if um, and Raj, maybe in your in your whether it's delivering your content or some of the interviews you've done or, or just the coaching you've done, have you seen other folks implement COVID related checklists successfully? Yeah, in fact, I'm on the board of directors of our state restaurant and lodging association, and we've actually worked with a local community college to come up with our own certification and training for restaurants and lodging properties that are issued a certificate and, and literally a decal that goes on the door that shows that they've not only, you know, learned some of these practices, but they've all passed tests in these best practices. And, you know, that's been sort of the ongoing legislation to let our governor perhaps loosen some of the restrictions for, we're a big tourism state, so we rely heavily on tourism. So this was one directive that we were all involved in to get, you know, the restaurants all in more of a level playing field with the very basics, but, you know, the safety piece that is so paramount today, you know, and, and that's something that um, maybe any state can, can look at. I'd, I'd say that's a best practice for, you know, restaurant associations nationally to work with their memberships to, to implement. And, it, you know, and, and there are schools, you know, hospitality schools exist in just about every state and there's a great project for them to come up with. And that's what we did with, uh, you know, local community colleges in our state. Yeah, I want to talk about the, um, the, the effect ongoing. So everybody had to pivot in March and April and make, make all these adjustments. Yeah. Um, uh, Tamara, what do you, what do you see, do you see a hundred percent of these precautions being moving forward two years from now? Uh, do you think they'll phase out? I mean, how can we take the learnings from how, how we're being safe now so that if an outbreak happens again, or we can, uh, you know, eliminate that so we can get back to full service. What do you think is going to look like moving forward? Well, I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. I think when we went to restaurants before, we all looked at restaurants a certain way and held them to a certain standard. And now this has kind of raised that standard mm -hmm. and I really don't foresee them going away anytime soon. That raises a really interesting question, Tamara. And maybe you're seeing this, maybe it's something that you require now, but you know, serve safe comes to mind as the standard, yes. you know, the food safety course that primarily in the past managers would have to go through, owners if they're hands-on, of course, and then your kitchen staff but never unless you know, you're a bartender and you're also a server that you would have to go through these things. It's never been mandatory in certain states that the entire you know, staff of a restaurant get a food handler certificate, get a right. serve safe certificate. And now there used to be those standards, but now those standards must have increased tenfold with all these new COVID best practices. And I'm wondering if it makes, well, it probably of course makes sense that anyone working in a restaurant go through this because it's just important to save everyone this you know the customers and the staff I personally Do you see think, that? yes i personally bare minimum i think that everyone yeah. should go through and the restaurant should go through the food handlers mm -hmm. you know and, and the wish or the hope would be to go through yes. the management you know but yes everyone and like you said some states do not require it they don't even they don't require a food manager certification of any sort so for us to have, a, you know, we, we have that, I want to say it's a battle. We have that back and forth with some of our restaurant partners where it's not required by the state, but it is a, one of our requirements. 
Are you rating your, these pop-ups that come in? You said one day, three days, five days. Let's just say, you know, somebody comes in and you've monitored them. They've done a good job. I mean, is there some sort of a, cert, not a certificate, but is there some sort of a rating where you talk to the, the, you know, the stakeholder that brought that restaurant to you saying you passed with flying colors or you might want to think about this because if you take it back to your restaurant, it might not be a best practice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we don't, I don't want to say, we don't have anything formal in place, but we are true partners with, yes. with our restaurants. Yeah, so if, if there's something, like you said, like if they shouldn't take back, it's communicated with them. And if it's something that, you know, went off the charts, it, they're, it's coming back. They're coming back. You can tell the clients who ask for certain restaurant partners over and over and over yep. again. And we share that knowledge with other restaurant partners and say, okay, well, hey, you're on the schedule this week. Um, this partner did this. This was their best practice. And, and, and to see if they are, they're willing to, you know, hear it, accept it, I should say. And in most cases, they are. Everyone wants to be successful. Right. You know, I have a question, Raj, and I, I wanted to do this earlier, but I forgot. But yeah, um, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, Tamara, your background goes uh, executive chef, I mean, culinary school, probably, you know, grew up in the industry to whatever extent. Is that, first of all, is that, is that accurate? And then, you know, how do you see from what your experience in the kitchen is to what a kitchen looks like now? Hmm. Okay. So I do have over 30 years experience in a kitchen, uh, chef, executive chef, GM, district chef. That is correct. And 20 years of that food safety has been my sole responsibility, whether it's that area or that kitchen that I managed. Um, how do I see it's changed? It has definitely changed. Um, back in the day when I was in a kitchen, you know, it, it was totally different. There was no temp logs. You didn't, if there was a thermometer, you didn't know how to use it, you know? So it has changed tenfold now. Um, everyone has a thermometer. We, we go for certifications. Their temp logs are posted on coolers now, um, especially after, and after COVID, it's e even more. Just a little bit more strenuous, I would believe, for the uh, for someone working in a kitchen. Yeah, it's got to be. And then Roger just brought in the point earlier about the actual physical labor now of, you know, of operating, you know, w with a mask or uh, maybe it's a face shield mm -hmm. or a combination of. I mean, that just yeah. just amps up the difficulty of the job and what we're asking for folks. Um, we'll, we'll touch on a couple more things, but I know I know Roger, you wanted to get to this concept that maybe and maybe maybe uh, Tamara will have 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 thoughts, but but you can also share what you're seeing, Raj on the, the staff part, you know, what staff is doing to be safe in the restaurant, but what protocols are you asking your restaurants or suggesting your restaurants or seeing restaurants doing to help keep their staff safe when they're not at the restaurant? So, I mean, obviously people have lives, they may work like crazy, but then they may go out and be completely safe at home, or they may be the person that goes out and does everything that's not safe under the sun. How do we communicate to our staff oh to hopefully be you know kind of on that first extreme are you guys doing anything specific along those lines yeah oh yes we are we have a, uh, a COVID health reporting agreement so every restaurant partner when they they well one we communicate to the restaurant partner how we believe they should have their staff reply you know have you know have staff uh, a, a reporting system in place at their restaurants so that hopefully their staff encourages their staff to report that they've been near somebody came in contact or they've tested positive prior to them showing up at work and how to stay safe. 
Um, and then for us, when they come on site, they have to uh, sign off on a COVID health reporting agreement, uh, do a temperature check, and, and as well as any other check that our, um, our clients or facilities may dictate as well. Because some of our clients are, have even more, I have more, say, have more protocols yeah, in place. Sure, have sure. more protocols in place. Roger, I know this is kind of a hotspot for you because uh, as an operator, you and, and, and everybody we talked to, right, we're, they're all nervous about, oh, I got to shut down again. Or, I, you know, I've got one, one, one person reported possible exposure or a positive test. I need to shut down. How do I communicate that to my customers, my other staff, et cetera? How are you dealing with that as an operator? Some, what are some of the things you've seen people deal with as well? Yeah, I wish I could answer that better. Like I said, I've only heard of a couple of restaurants that have been forced to close for a couple of weeks. I'm not quite sure how they're rebuilding their business, mm. but I do believe that honest and authentic communication mm. is really, really important to maintain trust of your existing customers. Um, we're doing a couple of things. One of the biggest things that we started was communicating to our customers what our practices are. So every takeout order, every, you know, any food that leaves the building, whether we deliver it to a person's car, they pick it up inside the place, I deliver it somewhere or someone else delivers it. There's sort of a communication card in there that explains, you know, all the practices that we followed in order to prepare that food. And then on the flip side of the card, it's kind of a thank you so much for ordering. If you enjoyed, please leave us a positive review. Mm -hmm. If anything is not to your satisfaction, or if you have any concerns, here's my email address, please let me know. And that has gone huge. So we've gotten lots of positive reviews. So far, no complaints about our practices. We've been pretty diligent there. And people, like I said, see the practices being put in place when they're there. And then there, there's always that decal, of course, that my staff have gone through this training program, like I said, through the hospitality main organization. So all those things just kind of, you know, reinforce each other and gradually consumer confidence is coming back and people are, you know, when, when COVID first hit, everyone just locked their doors and barricaded themselves inside. Mm -hmm. And now gradually people are so tired of being limited that they have taken more risks provided they're comfortable with that particular establishment and their practices. That's what we've seen and that's what we've done. You know, Raj, what I, what I realized there and you're talking is I can add another title when I introduce you and that is delivery man. You've had to become yes. a, a delivery yes. man now, that's right? right? As every other yeah. restaurant, as he's pivoted, you oh, got yeah. to yeah. jump in and make it and make everything happen. Mm -hmm. So, so that, limited that, staff, you know, limited staff and yeah. limited hours and all those things. And every restaurant has run into that whole unemployment problem where, you know, people are making more money on unemployment than mm -hmm. working. So restaurants are still struggling with finding and keeping and motivating a great staff. So, you know, with limited service comes all hands on deck. Sometimes you got to jump in and do what you got to do. Yeah. And I mean, and, and Rogers in Maine, which is one of the best uh, well-off states as it relates to COVID. I'm in Florida, which we are doing terrible, terrible, terrible. And Antmara's in, in, in the Chicagoland area, which is in between. I know they've shut down yeah. hard. Uh, but uh, their numbers are probably put them in the, in the middle, probably somewhere, but, but it's different for everybody, right? So we're all going through this challenge together. There are some opportunities and Roger just hinted at a couple of them, right? Um, 
you can engage more personally with your audience. I like what he talked about with the, the card inside the delivery thing. That's obviously sounds like a no brainer, but I, yet I know before COVID all the, all the takeout that I got, there was none of that crap. There was just people who were like, here's your stuff, go. Now they're really thinking about it, right? Like, and so there's an opportunity to encourage reviews, to ask for feedback, to make sure you're doing it right. So there are some, some bright, bright cloud pieces of this we've learned. We're learning how to be profitable or, or, or increase our sales, how to better manage our menu as a result of these things. There are some silver linings. Any silver linings you see, uh, Tamara, what, what, what do you think? Anything you guys have pulled out there like, hey, we can learn from this? I think overall safety, I think we can all learn from it. Uh, how do we keep, how do we, we've always looked for ways to make food safer for people and serve safer food. And this has definitely done it for us. So I think uh, there's a lot we can pull out of it. Yeah. And I, I, ho I hope we do pull those lessons out and, and so forth. So we'll, we'll start to wrap up. Raj, any last kind of questions you have, my man? Yeah. Um, well, again, with that whole takeout and, and delivery model, you know, restaurants have had to adapt what those menu offerings are for mm -hmm. foods that obviously are safe to serve to take out until someone brings it home as well as, you know, to, well, foods that travel well and maintain that safety level. If they're not going to be home for a half an hour, is it going to sit in a hot car? You know, is bacteria going to fall? You know, all these things, you got to think about that sort of stuff. And there's so much that restaurants have had to do to change the way they used to do things versus how they should do them now. It's just crazy. Yeah, a lot in between. So, all right, let's 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 wrap up. Uh, Tamara, where can folks go to learn more about FoodWorks? Uh, any other parting thoughts? What do you think? Um, you can find FoodWorks at foodworks.org. Uh, parting thoughts: Let's just keep it safe. Uh, just like Roger said, you know, like restaurants have had to do a lot of changes from containers to ceiling to communication. So, let's just be there for them. Yeah, and that, that's, that's our job here to just keep uh, providing some tips. And so I, 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 I hope we'll stay in touch. You guys are obviously on the front lines dealing with this, so we can check back with you in a couple months and see how you folks are doing it. So, folks, that was Tamara Mullen of Foodworks. You can find them on the web at foodworks.org. Uh, Roger and his great resources can be found at restaurantrockstars.com. And for us, uh, for more great resources on marketing, operations, tech, customer service, all that stuff, you can find us at runningrestaurants.com. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.